0: Hey everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey, welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the 10th season of the reality competition, The Great British Bake Off. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom.
1: Hi, Johnny. Am I a pop culture critic
0: yes, also? Yes, indeed you are.
1: Oh. Well, I haven't had any other titles, you know, in a long time, so it's good to know what yeah. you are. well,
0: uh, th- That is true. That is true. I have a bone to pick with you about last week's episode. What? So you may recall that we reviewed My Favorite Shapes by Julio Torres, right? Okay. And you gave it an A+. Plus. Uh, short of the uh, Pop Mom A++, the gold standard, because of profanity.
1: Right.
0: Now, I have to note that we swear on the podcast sometimes, too. I certainly do. In fact, in just last week's episode, I referred to a uh, 15-year-old miscreant as a dipshit uh, in the first segment of the show. So I feel like if Julio Torres were reviewing Pop Mom... Maybe he would think it was great, but he would dock us for profanity because we're just as bad. So I feel like if we're going to occasionally have uh, strong language on our show, it's not fair for you to be docking uh, Julio for just a couple of little profanities on his. If it had been a lot, okay, but it was just a little, I don't know, I feel real bad about it, Mom.
1: Well, he has not contacted me yet to voice his dissent. But I would certainly never hold myself up as an example to anyone.
0: I see. So you don't think it's at all hypocritical for our podcast to commit the same sin that you dock another uh, piece of work for?
1: Hmm. See, my first inclination is to say, again, repeat what I just said. You know, those—my opinion, you know— applies to everyone else, not myself. I got it. I I mean, I will tell you, I have told you, I am very shallow. I am very opinionated. I'm strong-willed. You know, many qualities that are less than stellar. Uh, I, I guess I don't mind being a hypocrite.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, so we're going to stand Pat in an A plus, a mere well, of A Of course, plus. I mind
1: being called a hypocrite. <laughs> All right, so now then, then I will, I will bestow an A plus plus.
2: Really? If, yeah.
1: If that if that's the standard that we're going by, but my standard was who could watch this? What audience would you uh, be comfortable watching it with? And I thought it was a fine piece of. Mature humor that you might want to watch with your, as I said, 10 or 12 year old, but you might not like that language. Now, I realize that you people, you people that have children are raising them in a different era than I did. And I would not have like that. I think children today probably hear that language yeah. more than children of your generation heard it from uh other than your friends when you were being mm. naughty.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: I mean you certainly never heard Daddy and I talk no. like that.
0: No, of course not. Okay. Well, I, we can stand pat at the A+, plus. I think that's fine. In fact, you its I'm glad I, I mean, I'm kidding, uh, partly, of course. Uh Obviously. But uh, I'm kind of glad we had this conversation because you gave me some more insight. You did mention this um, scope of the audience angle, but you fleshed it out a little more. I think it's a good point. It's a good point. He was so close to being kid-friendly, is what you're saying. Not that the,
2: I mean, yes. the humor
0: is pretty sophisticated, so I don't know how much kids would love it, but you're right. I think, right. hmm. Wow. Well, you are a font of insights, Mom. You certainly have earned your pop culture critic title, uh, and you should wear it with pride. So we'll put that issue to bed. You have put me in my place. What's going on in your neck of the woods?
1: Well, I have some very uh, mm, weird-type things to tell you about. I got my ears pierced when uh, I was right out of high school because— girls did not pierce their ears in high school unless you were fast. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's how old I am.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. So, and I went to a department store where there was a registered nurse and she pierced your ears with, what, with a gun. Now, I don't know how they do it now. But, she screwed up one ear, and it has closed up over the years and I have had it pierced again, but if I don't keep a an earring in there constantly, it closes mm. up, and it's closed up again, so that's the backstory so now I'm ready to get it pierced again, and after doing some research, I realize I have to go to a place like a tattoo parlor or. That's where they do piercings now,
0: oh, yeah, there's not really a place at the mall to do it anymore, is there?
1: I don't know, there might be, but I don't I know. I can't
0: recall seeing one There used to definitely be one in practically every mall.
1: Yes, but again, I haven't been in the mall myself for a long time, yeah, well, so
0: I don't know in the rest of America,
1: yeah, well, isn't that the truth? It seemed like such a good idea. I just don't know why it didn't work. Well. But and that's you know we can talk about that later. Yeah. So I went to what did I go for? Oh, I went to see the neurologist last week. Mm-hmm. So I say, I said to and the you girl said, could that could you pierce took my, my ears pressure, for
0: me while I'm here while you're looking at my brain can you just pierce my ear real <laughs> well, quick? She
1: had she had two pierces in each earlobe. So I said to her, where did you get your piercings done? So she tells me this place, it's in White River Junction and blah, 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 blah. Guys, really good. And I said, okay, good. She writes everything down. I'm thinking, all right, I can just walk in and get it done. And then I thought, let me just look at the reviews. So I looked at the reviews and they were awful. Everybody got an infection. Um, Yeah, really bad. But they were from three years ago. Hmm. But I thought, well, wouldn't you feel like a fool if you went and your ear got an infection infected and you had read this?
0: Oh yeah. Boy, that's the calculus. Absolutely. Yes.
1: So I said, well, why take a chance? So then I went, uh, for my mammogram this week. Now I'm asking these medical people, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I say Oh, you have piercings. You know, more than one. Mm-hmm. Not not your not my age, but so I say, where did you have that done? Oh, uh yeah. In Claremont.
0: Okay. Already trouble, but okay.
1: Right, okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you for I don't have I to. I said go it into so
0: you it. don't have to, yeah.
1: <laughs> um so, you know, thank you very much and moving on. So, I, I don't know where to go to have this done. <laughs> you know, should I just keep asking
2: people I, or I get, or
0: what? I guess so. I mean, but while you were on Yelp, did you look like in the category to see if there were other places? What is the category? Either too. I don't I don't know.
1: Well, I didn't look up on Yelp. I just looked up this one business, this one particular place on Google. Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing you don't know is maybe there's like a rival piercing and tattoo parlor that just flooded them with reviews a few years ago.
1: Well, there's only three of them, and one of them said, "You know, here's here was one of the reviews is that she went in, she needed a, did she need a nose? She needed a nose thing, and I think it was one of those like, uh, like what is the middle." Of your nose. Oh, yeah. The septum. Yeah, like that. So Oof. she needed a very small one, and he tried to put in a bigger one, and she said, no, 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 that's too big. And he threw it on the floor and made a shooing motion, like, like, leave, get out. And I th- said, <laughs> wow, Good that's God. quite a review. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah.
0: A shooing motion.
1: <laughs> the other two were infections.
0: <laughs> Which is worse, the infection or the shooing motion? Kind of traumatic. And now uh, I'm picturing arms extended, hands down, right. and sort of a little sweep with them, right? Right. Yeah. The,
2: yeah.
1: Like with the back of your yes. hand, like, yes. shoo, shoo, shoo. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I read it. And I just thought, well, they don't care... You know, an infection, that to me is like sirens going
2: off. Yeah. What does that yeah. mean?
1: Uh, so I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And Jenna said she would do some research and maybe I could get it done someplace in Denver.
0: Well, th- which is, but,
1: you know, it's not, I, I know I live in the sticks, but.
0: Yeah, well, you know. let me explain. That's where Jenna lives out in Colorado, and mom's going to visit her. That's why mom says it's a pretty strange uh, uh, story you just conjured there, mom, where your daughter is telling you to fly halfway across right. the country to get your ears pierced. <laughs> mom's <gonna be laughs> well, anyway. going to be there anyway. Um, right. But surely there is a place in a reputable uh, proprietor of piercings in New Hampshire. Well, one
1: we would think so. But I don't know what you. I mean, I thought asking people would be the best way because that's that's what I thought would be the best way.
0: Well, maybe the place. Hey, in- you look. Yeah.
1: You look clean. You look, you know, yes. whatever.
0: Yeah, you look clean. Did you start the conversation that way? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great opener.
1: It is. People really appreciate it when you tell them. Yeah. It looks clean. And, you know, I hate to impugn Claremont, but.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, maybe it's like
1: the drug capital of the Lakes region. So I don't know.
0: Hey, what what happened to Franklin? Jeez. You know, Franklin never gets any credit from you. (laughs) Yeah, Claremont. I'm
1: not going to Franklin either.
0: Well, maybe the Claremont place is a diamond in the rough. Certainly you've got the rough part.
1: But do I want to take a chance?
0: Uh, can you drive by, take a look?
1: Well, it would require a 50-minute drive to Claremont <laughs> that, that is, to drive That by. is true.
0: It's always so hard to get to Claremont, isn't it? There's no easy way to get there.
1: No, except put in the time. And, you know, she said, oh, it's just a little hole in the wall, but he has, oh, you know, he right. has one used Needles and whatever. And I thought, mm. well, you kind of lost me at hole in the hole wall. Hole on the wall,
0: yeah. You don't want to get a hole in your ear at a hole in the wall. Right. I want a complete wall for all of my minor surgery.
1: <laughs> you know, I want to know why doesn't, why can't I go to the dermatologist and have him do it? But, you know, nobody does anything anymore. It's like, oh, let me refer you. Listen, I have another story for you.
0: Oh, okay. Tell me.
1: Well, I went to the co op, which is a very nice store near us um, mm-hmm. with nice quality everything. Yeah, it's a supermarket.
0: And yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a very nice
0: supermarket. Yes. I, I just want the best. You listeners know, not
1: like Whole Foods, not like that. Well, it's, it's Whole Foods ish.
0: Nice. It's that same vibe. All right. Right? The Hanover Co op, is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Well, the Lebanon.
0: Well, I know it's technically in Lebanon, but it's basically in Hanover. The listeners really want us to get this right, you know, because all the listeners really know their New Hampshire geography, and they're going to be writing letters if we don't nail this. So, uh, yes, it is the uh, West Lebanon Co-op.
1: We would hear hear from one of the two people in New Hampshire (laughs) that (laughs) listen. That's
0: right. That's right. So, I apologize. Proceed, please.
1: You have a lot to apologize for in this one. So there was a man in front of us. Now, Dad does not multitask. We have established that and accepted it. We meaning Dad and I. Yeah, okay. So so he's unloading the cart, and there's a man in front of me that's heaving up bags of prunes and dates and figs and um, different kinds of nuts that he's gotten from the bulk section and he throws up this bag of brazil nuts now brazil nuts have lots of selenium so a lot of people are eating those now and you, they used to come in a can of mixed nuts they used to throw in two or three yeah. but now they're very expensive so they don't put those in anymore
0: mm, okay i'm looking up brazil nuts right now so i can refresh my memory of what do they you
1: like a like. brazil nut
0: i don't think so no, I do. Yes, you know it is. they're
1: big and white. Yep,
0: I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it, it's what I thought it was, and, I, and they're they're fine.
1: Well, apparently they're very good for him. So he has a big bulging bag. I mean, a big. The bag is full. <laughs> you know the size bag I'm talking yeah, about yeah. that you put under the. Yeah. Okay. So it's full. So now I'm saying to Daddy, look, look and see what that costs. Look and see what that costs, and he's saying, what, what, huh? And I said, well, let me get in front of you. So I get in front of him, you know, and he's all irritated and unloading the cart and whatever. And I'm trying to see what it rings up as. Yeah. Now, I don't know what they cost per pound or whatever, but he's got a big whole bag. So I'm trying to say to Daddy, look at that bag, look at that bag. And he's saying... What? What? And finally he says, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm trying to unload the cart. And I said, all right, fine. Anyway, they rang it up. Do you want to guess what this bag of nuts cost? Brazil nuts. Shelled.
0: And it's like a produce bag size bag, right? Is what I'm picturing. Like a That's small right. produce That's bag. That's right. Yeah. The, um, thin plastic yep. ones. $70.
1: Oh. That is a very good guess. $83. Oh,
0: I was pretty close. Huh? For one bag. dollars worth of Brazil nuts. It reminds me of the, uh, you weren't here for this, but uh, when remember when um, Uncle David and et cetera took us uh, to Ireland? Jenna and I went yeah. along when I was 10, and um, yep. we were taking this ferry at some point, the first day we were there, and um, Uncle David, we call him Unky, uh, Unky gave me uh, twenty bucks to go get some candy, uh, expecting some change. I think, in retrospect. But I got $20 worth of gumballs and just came back I just said to the guy, give me however many. Oh, I think it was. It must have been pounds, right? So maybe I was confused by the amount of money, but um, it was about $20 worth of gumballs, and it was this huge bag that just became the gumball trip. It lasted the whole trip. Which, for a 10-year-old, is practically the highlight of the whole excursion, you know? I think we were there for two weeks. Most but,
1: definitely. Yeah. Who cares about those old, raggedy castles?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's how I felt at the time, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow,
0: wow. So, wow, $80 worth of Brazil nuts. So did you go—did you tell the person at the register to say, hold on just a second, I'll be right back?
1: Let <laughs> well, me, we go get me an $84 a, back— yeah. No, I didn't, because I don't really like
0: nuts. <laughs> they're not very good. They're, like, fine, right?
1: Yeah, they're, like, fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, they used to just be there to take up room, mostly, in the mixed nuts can, because they're so big. Right, right, because they take up a lot of space. Yeah.
1: But now, mostly, your mixed nuts are uh, lots of peanuts, and the crappy peanuts, not those red-skinned peanuts that are so good.
0: Okay, are we still talking about peanuts? Yes. Okay, I'm just I'm going to play back the sentence that you just said to me after we're done recording and you can you can tell me what you hear. Um but yes, they do not have the red-skinned peanuts in most of the mixed nuts
1: mixes. Do I say peanuts? Well, because that's what it was. Penis and peanuts don't sound the same. But
0: somehow you, you know, it's like how um it seems like toddlers, at least my toddlers, have found a way to to express a word that sounds like yes and no at the same time. Somehow, they have constructed a word that i can't I can never tell which one it is, and you have yeah. done the same thing um with peanuts whenever we are talking about peanuts, which is surprisingly often on the podcast. um, I always have to keep myself from laughing uh. So, yeah, you just just be careful of that, all right? Because I don't want you to be at some, like, biker bar and some guy gets the wrong idea, you know, in Claremont.
1: Gosh, we know how easily that could happen.
0: some tattoo parlor in Claremont you could end up at. Maybe you get desperate.
1: That's true. and find myself in real trouble then.
0: Um, I want to say something nice about Claremont before we move on. Um, Do they still have a candle pin?
1: Impossible.
0: Do they have a candle pin bowling alley over there? Or I don't that know. Newport.
1: I know they have drugs. That could be a nice thing to say.
0: I'm sure there's beautiful parts of here. I'm going to look it up right now. Claremont, they must have a sparkling tourism website. Claremont, oh. New Hampshire. City of Claremont. It says, wow. Okay. City of Claremont. I was expecting town, but all right. Oh, they got the river. You just don't like any of these old mill towns. That's a problem.
1: Well, there's a reason uh, they have reputations
0: yeah i'm i mean i'm I'm yanking your chain, I know the reputations, yeah, but it is it it's it's these mill towns that we talk about it again and again as the as the um what is the word uh less attractive uh parts of the New Hampshire landscape. It makes me feel bad because right. it's you can see the story all the all it's all the towns on the river that we're always talking about yeah. as the drug centers, yeah.
1: You
0: know, you got to be in some business. So, yeah. Well, why? It feels like in the front of the show, we always end up talking about how society is crumbling one way or another. <laughs> right? We could move it to the end. <laughs> then we need to. Then we need the review as sort of a pick me up. We always sort of work ourselves into a uh, light sorrow uh, um, about the state <laughs> of society. Um, well, let me tell you. According to the Claremont, New Hampshire official website. Claremont is emerging as an important center of commerce, building on its historic design and architecture. Now that's that's a creative way to um, frame old mill buildings that nobody's uh, used for decades. Contemporary adaptive reuse is re-energizing the city center, so maybe they're turning it around. Okay. Okay. So we have some hope.
1: I'll keep my eye on it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Go take a look at Claremont. Maybe get a tattoo, um, and (laughs) tell me how it goes.
1: I'll call you from the hospital where my raging infection will be taking over my body.
0: <laughs> the top news story on the City of Claremont website, by the way, is understanding bobcats in New Hampshire. Ooh, I want to well, understand bobcats.
1: <laughs> understanding them, what does that even mean? I don't know. Everything about Claremont is <laughs> confusing. Understanding them, what the hell does that mean? It's
0: just the, it's the title of a talk that is. Uh, September 19th.
1: There was a girl from Claremont on, what is that singing show?
0: Uh, the Voice.
1: American Idol.
0: Oh, American One Idol.
1: One of those. Yeah. So that was something nice about Claremont. Okay.
0: Oh, that was, uh, that's the end of the story. Okay. Great. Yes, that is nice. Someone someone from Claremont was on television. Great. There you go. Love it. Shall we move on to our review? We shall. Okay. This week, Mom and I are talking about The Great British Bake Off, season 10. Having survived a change of networks and a turnover of almost its entire cast, one of television's least likely global hits is still going, having just begun its 10th season of cakes, pies, and countless other fresh-out-of-the-oven delights. Thirteen amateur bakers compete on The Great British Bake Off to impress judges Paul Hollywood and Prue Leith with their pastries and tartlets and such. Each week, one baker is eliminated— hosts Noel Fielding and Sandy Toxvig. But this isn't a cutthroat game. It's all very friendly. Here's a clip from the season 10 premiere.
2: I am nervous. I'm trying to find my measuring thing now. Oh my god, I'm in a tizzy already.
0: The fruitcake for me is one of those basics of baking. Pick a great sponge base, fill it with fruit, but it's about the consistency of the batter. Too thin, all the fruit will drop down to the bottom. Too thick, they will stay at the top. Get the
2: balance right, and it will bake beautifully. We've only got two and a half hours, so they have to get those cakes into the oven, out of the oven, and get it cool, because we want it decorated as well. And there's a real danger that they'll be putting icing onto a hot cake, and it'll just melt. I'm just trying not to cut myself.
0: It's
2: really sharp. Oh,
0: I need a plaster from somebody. At this stage, I think the bakers will be quite nervous. But I think every year, the standards got better and better and better. And I expect this year to be exactly the same. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Good
2: morning.
0: Right, tell us all about your fruit cake. What are you doing?
2: So I'm doing, like, a Christmas cake. Um, it's something my mum used to make all the time when I was a kid. She'd literally make them in October, like, soak the fruit beforehand and then keep pouring brandy in them. So to speed things up a bit, I've put my fruit over heat and just let it simmer for while I'm getting the cake mix ready. I do it like you do it. Oh, do you? I never bother to do it ahead. <laughs>
0: Season 10 of The Great British Bake Off is available to stream on Netflix. But instead of season 10, it says Collection 7. So don't be confused. We are If you're on Netflix, we're talking about Collection 7 of The Great British Bake Off. It's kind of ridiculous. It's because of legal stuff. If you're looking at Collection 7 on Netflix. I hope that's what you watched, Mom. Mom, is this show baked to perfection or overdone?
1: No, I, I think it's... It's perfection. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I would say perfection, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's good. Certainly um, entertaining. Um, it doesn't purport to be much more than it is. It it manages to have all the pieces of a elimination show that you want. That's mm-hmm. not. That's not the right.
0: No, thing. but people know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Okay. It has all. It it does have some tension. It does. It has some great satisfaction. Uh, it does make me—I don't know uh, hardly any of the things that they make because God, they're I know all— it, right? they They call their stuff different things than, than we do, um, but it's very enjoyable. It's not taxing, but it is very enjoyable.
0: It's not taxing at all. I think that's why people really like it because— um, Yeah, I think you've put your finger on it, in fact, because you're right. It does, it has the structure of a survivor type elimination show, right? I mean, on Survivor, they're voting each other off, but you know what I mean. Right. It's not really overdone in that respect. And they have this cute um, sort of quasi tradition where the host who has to announce the eliminated Baker that week always says, and I have the dreadful, terrible job. Oh, it breaks my heart to say goodbye to someone this week, and um I'm a little tired of that, but I also appreciate how they just they want to emphasize the kindness and the yes. sweetness at all at all points.
1: I do think it's in great contrast to the same type of show in America,
0: yeah, like for like it's, what for instance,
1: well, like America's worst Cook or whatever yes. that show is, yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know, it's very—it's um, loud, it's active, mm-hmm. it's there's no class to it. It's just—you know—it just seems like this is what this is what the British must look at America and and say, you know, well they have no coos.
2: Perhaps That's what it so. makes me
1: feel like when I watch the Great British Baking Show, because it's so classy, it's so uh, sort of elegant, the language is is uh, softer and, and more elegant. I mean, they do speak a little bit nicer than we do.
0: Well, it seems that way to us. I don't know. It sounds sophisticated to us, but I think to them it just right. sounds like regular people, so I... It's hard for me to gauge how refined it is by British standards, but it certainly is. I mean, British TV has its share of loudness and ugliness, too. It's not so different from ours, but I agree with you insofar as it's hard for me to see a show like this and taking up an hour time slot on any of our major networks. You know, this originated on the BBC. It now airs on Channel Four. Um, both big networks in in the UK. I don't I just can't see it happening here.
1: Nor can I. I mean I can just hear everybody yawning and uh, you know, looking at their watch <laughs> and you know, without appreciating the separate parts of it. Getting to know the, the characters, the players a little bit and um, being familiar with the the regular hosts and such and mm-hmm. and taking this is what I feel like it's like taking an hour and just relaxing just something relaxing, having a cup of tea and doing a little knitting and yes, it's not asking anything of me but to just appreciate it a little bit if I want to,
0: yeah, yeah, well put and um did you? You've watched it before, right?
1: oh yeah, yeah.
0: Do you have any preference as far as the old hosts versus the new hosts?
1: I liked the two girls, the yeah. two silly girls. I thought they were great fun, but I don't know I don't know what the issue was with them, some issue um.
0: Well, it, the issue wasn't really with them. It's when the show moved to Channel 4, which is commercial television. BBC is is not. Um, and so they were going to add commercials to it. We don't get the commercials when we watch it on Netflix. But right. um, the I, apparently the host did not want to go along with that. And it's, it was a little more complicated than that. There was a lot of acrimony over the move. Um, I think they felt blindsided by it. Um, and they just oh. didn't. They, I think it was a mutual... Harding let's put it that way
1: okay so nothing because I imagined I didn't investigate but I imagined it had something to do with one of their behaviors
0: no 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 nothing like that I I think that they did a they did sterling work I mean they're not my they weren't my favorites I actually like the new hosts um in particular Noel Fielding I think was an inspired choice um his
1: wardrobe is terrible.
0: His wardrobe is great. You're crazy.
1: I knew you were going to say that. It's garish and and ugly.
0: Mm, he is a style icon. He's great.
1: Okay. I'm not going to argue with you because okay. I obviously am not in the uh, fashion industry.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: neither am I,
1: but... Well, you dress a, like less than a slob than I do. <laughs>
0: that's That's true. Um, this, the show does obey Tatey's law. Um, Tatey's law is that the longer a reality show is on television, the more it becomes about itself. And indeed, as the 10th season of Great British Bake Off got underway, we had to hear about what an institution it was, and we had to see the montage of the previous winners. And now it's not just about baking, it's about coming to the tent, capital T, capital T. Um, and it's about being part of this grand television tradition. I don't really have a problem with that. I just I am amused by that. This is something that I think I put out there maybe like ten years ago now I forget when I first wrote about it, but it always holds true that's it's how these shows work is that they they talk about themselves more and more and treat themselves more and more of it. As an institution, I do find the brand building a little tiresome. That said, um, GBBO is pretty light on that.
1: Well, and let's face it, now that it's on not the BBC, yeah. there could be marketing opportunities and whatnot. So I can see where they might want to open the, mm. the right?
0: Yep, quite right.
1: Open the door to that. And I, I don't begrudge them that either.
0: No, fair enough. Um so it was Cake Week in week one. You know, I like how we're getting the episodes one at a time now, because we're getting them almost the same time um, as the people in the U.K. are getting them. Right. And it forces Netflix to put it out one week at a time, which I just, I really like that. Thank you.
1: Well, I think it lets you
0: appreciate it, don't you think? It lets you appreciate it. It lets it remain in the conversation a little longer. Hey, did you see Great British Bake Off? Great British. (laughs) Did you see the Great British Bake Off this week? Like, I I just, I miss that rhythm of TV. And I'm glad that Netflix was forced into this. I hate the binge model. But don't
1: you see, don't you see, your generation created the binge watch.
0: Well, it's not my fault. But
1: but it is your fault. You can't just say it's not my fault.
0: Well, it's not my fault. It is. Well, it's not. I didn't, I didn't decide this.
1: If I had my
0: druthers, all TV shows would come out a week at a time. If you want to binge it, just wait. Wait? Yeah.
1: You're going to get expelled from your generation. (laughs) You want it now. All of it. As much as you can.
0: Boy, the millennials have to put up with so many personality flaws projected onto them by the baby boomers. And we're tired of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that mocking tone where all millennials are very familiar with that by now.
1: Well, then I have my work here is done. <laughs> now I do think it's interesting when Mary Berry worked with Paul, mm-hmm. um, it seemed like, uh, the principal, Oh, the principal's coming. <laughs> and now it just seems like the teacher's coming.
0: You're saying then that Mary Berry has a certain baking gravitas that Prue Leith does not.
1: Right, right. I, that's what I think, anyway. She had a seriousness about her that, you know, that was a little more foreboding or a little more caused a little more
0: tension. Huh? You know, I I have a sense of what you're talking about. Yes, and the interesting thing is that. Um, these two people are playing their roles, right? Paul Hollywood is as close right. as the great British Bake Off is willing to get to Simon Cowell, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. He's skeptical. He um he can be a little stern, but he's still mostly nice. You know, he's not that yeah. menacing a presence, even though everybody says, "Oh, we're so afraid of Paul, et cetera, et cetera. Like, he's honest, but come on, he's still a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, And then the role of originally Mary Berry and then Prue Leith is to critique, but always find something nice to say. And the technical challenge, um, she will almost always come in with, well, the flavor is good or whatever, you know, she finds the bright point and that's her role in that segment is to find something nice to say, even when the cake is a total disaster. Um, But you're, that's a good observation because i I wouldn't have put my finger on it before you said it, but you're right. Mary Berry just had—she seemed like the dean of of baking, in a way. Right, right. Prue Leith, who's a very very accomplished person in the culinary world herself, but it's not quite the same.
1: No. But this really is a, a fun hour of television. Yeah. I, I enjoy it, especially since there is just nothing but crap on television right now.
0: <laughs> what about my favorite shapes?
1: Well, how many times can you watch that?
0: Well, yeah, but it's not. It's it's not crap.
1: Well, that's true. That's We're true. Finding... But not everybody has Netflix, you know. Of course, well, that, this show's on Netflix, so yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, and that show, and my favorite shows is on HBO, so you're just all mixed up. But in any case. <laughs> um,
1: they're all the same. They're all the I same. Know. I just know they make my, my, my TV bill enormous every month.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, that's a topic for another time, but yes. Um, so we watched Cake Week, the first episode which I think I said like an hour ago, and then I forgot to follow up on Cake Week. But yeah, we watched Cake Week. Um, first, they made fruitcakes. Now, how what percentage of those would you eat? Or here's how I put it to Anna when we were watching it. What percentage of those do you think you would take a second bite of?
1: What did she say?
0: <laughs> well, what do you say? And then I'll tell you what we said.
1: I think I probably know what you said. <laughs> I know what you said.
0: Okay, what would you say?
1: I would have taken a second bite of probably 80% of them, or 90%. Wow. I love fruitcake. You do? I do.
0: (laughs) Wow, I'm flabbergasted. I know. uh, Anna, that's about what Anna said. I forget what her exact number was. Um, I said 50.
1: Oh, well, I didn't have you that high.
0: Well... Maybe that was generous.
1: <laughs> I had you at thirty.
0: <laughs> That's probably about right. Oh, I mean, at least it's not. I hate meat pie week because I just look at this stuff and I think, what? It's just totally foreign to me. Fruit cakes, Unless okay. Call pie. I know. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the technical challenge was, I forget what it was called, but it was like raspberry lemon and vanilla layer cake.
1: Oh, right, right, right.
0: seemed like nobody yeah. really got that one right.
1: No, and I have to say that some of the colorings that they came up with were just awful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, feathering is what it's called when they make that pattern in the frosting where they, where you put lines on and then you like trying right. to toothpick through it or something, right?
2: Right. Uh, you always I,
0: learn. I
1: believe we call it something else here.
0: Oh, really? Well, you do I learn think. a lot of terminology, like proving. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. A lot of
0: British terminology for baking, which comes in handy never. So that was a technical <laughs> challenge. And then the, um, showstopper. Uh, they just had to make a cake that was like inspired by children's dreams or something, right? How much did you love the ice cream dropped on the beach cake? That was my favorite.
1: I thought that was the cleverest idea.
0: <laughs> Wasn't it?
1: It was. It was so
0: perfect. I'll, so I'll fill the listeners in. So this one woman... Um, she remembers, in fact, I think she had a picture of her eating an ice she cream did, yeah. ice cream cone on the beach. And she said right after that picture was taken, she dropped it and um, was quite upset over it. And so she made a cake that looked like an overturned ice cream cone in a bed of sand. I mean, it wasn't the most spectacular in the finished version, but it looked good. And the idea was, it almost looked like a piece of art to me, like a yeah. piece of pop art.
1: I thought it was great fun. Uh, And some of the other creations, though, were just uh, just amazing.
0: Yeah, this is a great stroke of production genius, too, is that, look, you have this cooking show formula where you're given a task and you've got a limited amount of time to do it. And that's what the technical challenge is, right? They don't know what they're going to get. And they have to just go and do it. But the other challenge is they get to prepare, especially the showstopper. They have, um, you know, they prepare right. most doggedly for that. And it just makes for a better show, I think, because you get so much better results from the fact that they've gotten to think about it. And you compare that to, I don't know, whatever, Iron Chef. Yeah. I yeah. I like that they have they have time to compose themselves and that we're really seeing the best that they can muster.
1: Right. We're really seeing what their talent is. Yes. Their imagination, um, how they're going to actually form these things and the different flavors that they use. Very interesting, all very interesting.
0: It's a really clever mix by the uh, makers of the show of under the gun and putting your best uh, face forward.
1: Right. Love it. And, and people do come right down to the wire and sometimes don't uh, fulfill their image. I mean, it does happen from time to time, so it's it's not always a slam dunk.
0: You know, I used to watch, I used to watch it. Th- there was a woman this week who said, um, "I haven't been able to do it on time. Practicing at yes. home, I'm always about twenty minutes late." And I used to see people say things like that, and I think, well, why didn't you just practice it more? Like, I can't believe you didn't get it right. And now that I have kids. I better understand, like if it's a four hour cake, whether you have kids or not, like we all, you know, in an adult life, there's only so many times you can practice a cake that takes four hours to make, right? So exactly. there still is a little bit of that tension and pressure in it. Oh, it's it's just really good. I think that the format is so good, and I think that the genius of the format is um the main reason it has endured because. I find it kind of hilarious that there was this big dust-up over the move to Channel 4, and most of the cast said, oh, forget it, we're, we're, you can move on without us. And uh, yeah, you know all the yeah. fans were in an uproar, and oh, it's not going to be the same. And you know what? It is. It is. And um, maybe it's a little sad that they could just move on and they were fine, but I also think it's a testament to the fact that making TV is a team sport— and the team is much bigger than the people that you see on camera.
1: Yeah. And let's face it, it's it's business.
2: It's
0: just business. Yeah. Yeah. It's And the other thing is that we have the shows that the original cast made. They They're right. on Netflix. You can watch them. They're delightful. They're not going anywhere. Right. Things end, things change, and yeah. this show has managed to endure. And I'd rather have it with the new people than not have it at all.
1: I I totally agree.
0: So what is your grade for the 10th season of The Great British Bake Off, Mom?
1: My grade is an A.
0: A. Okay. Do we applause for an A? No. Okay.
1: No, we don't don't, don't do that. That's bad. That would be like for a D.
0: I guess I I don't have a sound effect for an A. What about just a quick applause? How about that? All right, ready? That's good. Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have a recommendation for us this week, Mom?
1: I do. I do. I have another book. Um, it's called *The Honey Bus*
0: mm-hmm.
2: by
1: Meredith May, and it is a story. It is a memoir of her life. Um, a little bit strange but there's a lot of information in this book about bees and how they interact with each other, what the different types are, how they eat, how they make honey, but not in a not in a textbook way. It's all sort of matter of fact. It's very interesting. Bees are so important. Um and it's good to know a little bit about them and what they like and what they don't like and you know, the bad things that happen to them. And it's not all about that. It's really about her life growing up with her, her step-grandfather who sort of takes her under his wing and what a mess the rest of her family is. But lots of stuff about bees that's really interesting.
0: Wow. Okay. So it's The Honey Bus, a memoir of loss, courage, and a girl saved by bees by Meredith May. And I'm um, looking at the Amazon listing right now, and it says that I have $7.46 in Kindle credits. And if I buy this book on Kindle, I'll earn a $7.49 credit for my next Kindle book. So I'm not, I'm a little confused by all the math here. It seems like I'm getting this book for free. in uh, um, in any case, wow, great deal. You should figure that out. I'm I'm gonna have, I'm gonna get out my slide rule after the recording yeah. is over and yeah. figure out yes
1: what's and going your on calculus there. calculator yeah. or whatever that <laughs> right. thing
0: was. My TI eighty two that's right that will do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture what should we talk about Mom any ideas
1: uh, something interesting
0: Oh you always come up with something yes great I know something interesting I know Tune in for that thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom.
1: Bye, Johnny. I love you.
0: Love you too.